Alright, race fans, welcome to the Caution Flag Contemplations Podcast with Casper the host. This is your home for all the racing news and nonsense you actually need. Whether you're here for some dirty talk or the juicy details of my asphalt affair, just remember this show is by fan for the fans. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Calling all iRacers. This is an emergency alert. For those of you that have paint schemes that make you look slow, there is only one place to go, and that will be RockyTopRaceWraps.com. For all of your iRacing needs, you guys know the faster it looks, the faster it goes. A good wrap will add at least 15 horsepower. I've heard that some of the wraps from Rocky Top Race Wraps add up to 97 horsepower. So I recommend you head on over there. Look at uh, RockyTopRaceWraps.com. Be sure to uh, send them a message. And, uh, hey, they might give you a deal if you mention the podcast. I don't know. I don't know. They might. They probably will. But uh, head on over there. uh, Get some help making your ride look nice. Thanks. All right. Welcome in, race fans. This is going to be an Asphalt Affairs episode. However, it's going to be a little bit dirty of an affair this week. Uh, We're going to talk about the Bristol Dirt. Um... And uh, I did get to go uh, with my homeboy, my number one race buddy. And uh, we have been now, I think, to... We've been to Bristol for, I think, the last like four years, something like that. Um, I missed one race last year uh, for the only reason I'd probably miss it, for the birth of my uh, my little buddy. And, um, yeah, it was good to get back up there. I missed, uh, I missed cup races. It's been since... Uh, Hell, I think Talladega last year maybe was the last uh, cup race I went to. So uh, it was good to get back to a cup race. And, man, I forgot what it's like out there. <laughs> uh, they rolled them out on the track. I was like, oh, that smells good. But, um, so, yeah, it's definitely good to get back to a racetrack for a little NASCAR action. Obviously, I've been to plenty of dirt races, but I haven't been to NASCAR. So, uh, yeah, I was definitely pumped to get out there. Um, and, uh it's always a good time to go to Bristol. So uh, now that I've got all that nice stuff out of the way, I'm just going to tell y'all I've been dreading this all day. Um, we're gonna we're gonna open an ice cold light L I T E here, and uh, <laughs> we're gonna sit back. We're gonna talk about everything that I saw, all my uh, my ramblings after the race. I'll try not to be too harsh. Um, thank you guys for listening. Sit back relax and enjoy Casper the host opinion of the uh, Easter Bristol Dirt Race 2023 all right race fans welcome to the asphalt affairs this is the section of the caution flag contemplations podcast where we're going to talk about all things NASCAR no dirt except for Bristol. This is going to be the asphalt racing. This is for those of you that don't care nothing about real racing over on the dirt track. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. All right, welcome in, guys. Like I said, 
this is gonna be a great episode uh, it's gonna be a little different okay like this episode is not gonna be the normal um i you know usually i go over the stats start this thing off kind of do a breakdown and then give my thoughts and everything so today i just kind of wanted to start and set you guys up with uh, a little bit about uh what it was like because i did get to go the race this week and how that's different for me doing the podcast it's just kind of an interesting thing that um if you attend a lot of sporting events you don't think about it um it is uh it's first of all bristol is like number i mean it's my favorite facility to go to and that makes me sound a little bit biased you know because i'm from tennessee and it's tennessee racetrack and all that but it's just i absolutely love it the setting is great um, I'll never forget the first time I pulled over the hill out there and then there's just this giant massive coliseum of a racetrack standing up there in the middle of a bunch of cow fields and a bunch of trucks parked and campers and there's fires and smoke and you smell, you know, barbecue and ribs and burgers and hot dogs and people just having a good time, loud music, Everybody just having a great time out in the middle of the country, uh, out in uh, God's country, East Tennessee. Okay, uh, Bristol is. If you've never been, it's uh, there's nothing like the experience of the first time you go to Bristol, starting from that time, uh, whenever you pull over the hill. I mean, it's it's that wild. Um, where we come in, we come in on Exide Drive usually, and uh, it's just it's it's. Every time you pull in, you're just like, man, we're here now, and it's exciting. You got the truck after you park. Everybody's having a good time. Everybody's got coolers and grills and walking around, throwing football, throwing cornhole. It don't matter what you, driver you got on your shirt. Everybody's pretty nice. It's not uh, not real bad. Um, met people from all over the country up there um, over the last four years going to Bristol. I think um, seeing them from Wisconsin. Uh, Washington State, man, Washington State was there uh, last spring. Um, all kinds of places, you know. It's it's a, it's a great time. With people that you end up parking with if you go and tailgate these races, guys. So um, if you ever get a chance to go to Bristol, make sure you do all that. I recommend that you park at the Earhart Campground parking, um, and you know, it's just it's pretty good access to the track. It's like twenty bucks. Um, the people there are super nice. Um, you know, I <laughs> I got there one time without charcoal and let me leave to go get charcoal or propane. I think it's propane. I think we took the Blackstone Grill at times. So I think it's actually propane. And you know, they they're they're pretty cool. Let me come back in without paying and all that. And um, like I said, we've been going there for a long time, and I really don't see our uh, parking plan ever changing there. So uh, if you guys go, that's where you should park at. And uh, hey, look around for cash for the host because I'll probably be there. But um. Yeah, man, it's just, it's awesome. You know, you go to Bristol, fan zone second to none. You kind of got two fan zones there. Uh, one is out in front of the track. Uh, and then the other one's kind of in the back between the racetrack and the drag strip. And uh, we actually didn't make it back to the back fan zone this time uh, just because it was Easter and all that. But, you know, we got to walk around, look at all the merchandise. And um, I bought some stuff we're not gonna talk about how much but i bought a little bit of stuff um it was all out of davenport's trailer uh, i went to see old brewster over there in the uh the fast 49 apparel trailer you should all get you some i obviously did buy the nascar shirt for my boy ben there uh for those of you that didn't know obviously that's kind of like the only reason i went to this race i wasn't gonna go until he uh 
announced that he was going to be in it. And uh, when that happened, I just felt like I had to be there because, uh, you know, some things just might never not ever happen again. I hope they do, but they might not. And, uh, you know, uh, we've learned over the years, hey, listen, <laughs> it ain't nothing but a ticket. You know, that's all you got to do. get a ticket, get in the truck and go. So we did. And it was a great time. But, um, yeah, so just kind of want to give a shout out there. Uh, crowd was pretty decent. I felt like for Easter Sunday, it's, you know, it's not full. We've obviously seen it fuller. Uh, seen it a little bit emptier too, but um, it was uh, it was a good time, man. Uh, fan zone, whew, I, the first race I've been to this year. Couple couple things worth noting. Uh, Kyle Busch doesn't have his own merch trailer, which is just blows my mind. But he does have like three quarters of the RCR hauler, and I think it's got more than just RCR in it. But he's got most of it, um, and it was packed. So. You know, everybody's always booing Kyle Busch, but there's plenty of people out there buying the Kyle Busch merchandise. I uh, just want to let everybody know that. That's a real thing. Um, Chase Elliott's still selling plenty, as always. Um, and, you know, for me, the coolest thing, guys, was Davenport's trailer over there. Like, you know, they don't have, like, a full 18-wheeler. It's, like, I don't know, 26-foot uh, trailer, whatever, like a car trailer. But, you know. Custom fit to be a vendor trailer with the fold-up sides and all that. Dude, they had a line. They weren't, I mean, they were selling t-shirts and stuff non-stop, so that was awesome. Uh, it was just cool, really cool for me, obviously being a dark guy, to see my man's trailer over there with the rest of them. I thought that was cool. Um, I know that probably is underwhelming to some of y'all, but for me, I just thought it was awesome, you know, just to see him uh, being able to be over there and selling some of his stuff. So, And I had some t-shirts I wanted to get, and I was able to get them, so that worked out great for me. Uh, going into the track, we sat in a new seat this year. We sat on the front stretch um, in Allison, Section C. Um, I, we've never really sat there uh, before, but, uh, you know, it was it was pretty cool. You know, um, as we started going to more races, we kind of try to pick seats different places and just kind of get different vantage points. This is what I'll tell you all about Bristol. There's two things. First of all, it doesn't matter how many times you go. When you go up the stairs and you walk into that place, you are just like, Phew. damn. <laughs> it's it's wild, and when it's covered in dirt, it's even wilder. Um, you know, it's... Uh, if you're a race fan, it'll put a smile on your face just to walk up the stairs and look down in the place, man. It's, it's There's nothing like it. I've been to Daytona. I've been to Talladega, which Talladega also is pretty bold, but like, there's something about Bristol being closed in a bowl and... You know, the music going and Colossus TV hanging up in the air and, uh, you know, cars and it's just, it's, it's awesome experience. So definitely love that. Like sitting in turn one is a little bit different for us. Uh, like I said, that's not how we've done it in the past, but it worked out pretty good. You know, there's for anybody that's not been to Bristol again, cause that's kind of what I'm telling you about. There's not a bad seat in the house there. Okay. There really isn't. Um, I mean. The only thing I would say is try to sit above row like twenty five. Uh, that's kind of my, that's kind of my rule. We like to be right around row thirty because we're lazy. Right around row thirty to thirty five is usually right next to the stairs and also right next to the bathroom. And if you need to get a snack or whatever, so um, that is there. Um, in honor of my buddy Drew, quick food review from uh, the Bristol Motor Speedway. Okay. Um, there, I think it was after this second stage is over, I was, 
you know, we grill and we bring our food and drinks in usually, but I uh, accidentally left my snack bag in the car and I went out there to go to the bathroom. I was like, man, I'm just going to give me something kind of hot. It's getting kind of cold. I just want like, you know, really I was thinking like burger, chicken tender, something like that. But, uh, I got out there and they had the Bush's beans stand. Shout out to Bush's beans for those of you who don't know. That's also a Tennessee staple. And, uh, they had this thing over there called a barbecue Sunday. Yes, that pause was on purpose. A barbecue Sunday. No, there was no ice cream, okay? Uh, I know you all needed a minute to process that, but basically it was Bush's baked beans. It was like a cup. I had uh, Bush's baked beans, uh, coleslaw, and uh, pork, pulled pork, and it had a pickle in it. And uh, I'm going to be honest with y'all. That's all stuff I love. Um, and it was great. It was really good. I, I really enjoyed it. I would go back and buy it again. We're not going to talk about how much it cost because it was a little much for for as much as it was. They should have gave you the whole baked beans and like a quarter pound of barbecue and like, you know, probably four or five pickles. But um, it was really good. I, you know, I enjoy it. I've tried some different stuff at different tracks. But that right there, man, like not expecting it to be anywhere on the list. But I'll probably put that thing like out of 10. I'm going to say... I'm gonna give it eight out of ten because I'm I want to have a pretty steep scale on that, but I'd say uh, I'd say that the uh, the barbecue Sunday at Bristol Motor Speedway from the Bush's Beans um, concession area I'm gonna give it eight out of ten. It's really so simple, really solid though. So uh, good job to them on that. But um yeah, so that's kind of it for my experience. Um, we sat in turn one. That was cool. Uh, we got to see the choose drone. Okay, the choose drone. Um. I just want to go on record as saying I think I'm the only person that's a NASCAR fan that doesn't think it's the stupidest thing ever. I love it. I think it's a great idea. Um, it'd be real cool if they hung a cone from it. <laughs> uh, actually, really, this is what I want. I want them to, to be bigger, and I want to have like a scoreboard that like counts how many cars have gone to each side because that would be that'd be even better, you know. And uh, then the drivers could kind of pick, and it would help them out a little bit. I think if they did that, and I think it, you know. I think it would look really cool on TV um, for them, like especially on some of these big restarts. You know, like early in the race, it's not you know it doesn't matter. But I was thinking, like, man, if we had that choose drone out for the Bristol Night Race, like a ten lap shootout, um, that choose could be a big deal, probably bigger than it was on dirt. So you know, I I just <clears throat> I know we only did it because it's dirt and we couldn't put a box, but I kind of like this thing all the time. In fact. I don't see why we can't put this thing up there, even if we have the, the you know, the little choose box. So uh, I vote leave the choose drone. I liked it; it was cool. All right, that's uh, unpopular opinions with Casper the host. So oh, we got that going. Um, what else? What else? What else? Yeah, I think that's about it, man. Like it, it was you know Bristol. So um, I've said a lot of nice things. I really enjoyed the track. I'd recommend you all go there. Dirt race or not, I'd recommend you go and attend it and uh, have a good time. However, I'm very quickly running out of all the nice things I want to say. So, um, anyways, I guess that's it for the experience. It was a great night. Got a little chilly, but, you know, it's perfect. Bathroom's clean. Food's good. Seats are nice. Easy to find. Uh, track staff was pretty nice. We did have to go through metal detectors this time. I don't think I've been through metal detectors in a NASCAR race, but... Um, that was interesting, carrying a cooler and a scanner and uh, cell phone, keys. I got a metal wallet, 
<laughs> it was rough. But uh, I did also, I forgot to leave my pocket knife in the truck. Thankfully, it was like a $3 Ozark trail, so I just went and chucked that baby in the trash can walking up there. But, um, yeah, it was uh, <laughs> it was a good time. So, uh, you know, recommend you all go, okay? You heard it here. Casper the Host says, if you ain't been to Bristol, get off your butt and go to Bristol, okay? Got to do it. Oh, also, quick shout-out, Scanner. So, my, the wonderful Mrs. Casper, the host, bought me a uh, scanner, I don't know, from Christmas, like, a few years ago. And uh, it was actually, the, it was, like, right after COVID. They actually got a bad batch of scanners at Racing Electronics. And um, so, last spring, um, when I was there, I, you know, I told them, hey, I had this thing at Martinsville a couple weeks ago. It didn't work, whatever. And it, it worked, like, half the race at Martinsville, and then it cut out. So, I went to Bristol. And let them know that I was having issues. And um, uh, first of all, Racing Electronics is great A customer service. And that's something hard to find these days. Uh, went over there. I was like, hey, this thing don't work. They're like, oh, man, I'm so sorry. Okay. They scanned the serial number. Immediately gave me a free rental. They're like, okay, so we can either ship this to your house and we get some in to replace these. We have a bunch of them we have to replace. We can either ship it to your house or you can get it the next race whenever you come again or whatever. And I was like, okay, all right, cool. Well, I'll just come get in the next race because I was going to Talladega uh, in a couple weeks after that. And then um, I was going to go to the Bristol Fall Race last year. Didn't work out, but I was going to go. And um, so I was like, no, nah, we'll just get it next time I go. Well, obviously, I never made the Bristol Fall Race. They didn't have them at Talladega in the spring. They still haven't got their placements in yet. So. I, uh, I went over there, first thing we got the track on Sunday, and uh, went right up to the, the counter there, and uh, the the lady there, I can't remember her name, she's super nice, I've talked to her two or three times over there, she is super nice, and I was like, hey, I just uh, brought this last year, you know, you guys told me just bring this thing over here, you give me a new one if you had some, just curious if you had some, or if I need to get another rental, because they did give me a free rental for two races i got a free rental for bristol and i got a free rental for talladega there from where the thing was messed up no hassle no they they didn't you know no questions asked they just said yeah just you know if you come to any more races before you get this replaced just let us know uh, we got your name on the list you'll get a free rental no issue and they did that and uh, that was awesome of them so um went up there she said oh okay she said yeah no problem wrote my name on the bag um asked for my phone number i think and my wife's name because she had ordered it and uh listen it was great got a new scanner so i got a brand new scanner guys i'm pumped it worked uh which is great because i was only there for one thing and i turned it to that 13 car and i didn't take it off until he spun out and was done so ended up having a great time all right so into the racing so obviously uh i don't know if you guys watched the heats on saturday i watched them from the house uh with uh with old jp he came up on saturday uh, t if you guys listened to the Dirty Talk episode, you know, next, last week, you know, I'm talking about JP came over. We were going to maybe go to Tazewell. Tazewell got canceled because of rain. It's a dang shame, but hey, worked out. We ended up just hanging out. We grilled some ribs. Oh, well, not grilled ribs. We smoked some ribs, uh, grilled some burgers for lunch. And uh, we had a great time on Saturday. We went to Smoky, uh, not Smoky Mountain. We went to, um, I'm sorry, Bass Pro Shops and hung out and had a good time. And uh, it was a good day, but. So we got home watching the heat. So, um, this is the part where I usually go into like in qualifying and lap by lap kind of thing. But I'm gonna kind of recap these things pretty quick. Uh, heat one, 
was uh, pretty good. Uh, other than Josh Berry spinning on lap five, um, Dylan and Reddick were like, I swear, I felt like they were almost trying to wreck each other there for a little bit um, in the first heat. And then uh, Austin Dillon ended up going on to win uh, from fifth. So that was pretty good points for him. He ended up getting a pretty good amount of points and starting pretty close to the front. Um, uh, Ryan Blaney ends up winning heat two from the pole. It was boring. Uh, heat three, Larson started in fifth there, I think is either, it might've been six, it was fifth or sixth, but he was in the lead, like going into turn three. It was the wildest thing I've ever seen, but, um, yeah, he ended up doing that. Uh, Ryan Priest was running second, kind of at the end, Ryan Priest ended up sort of closing in on Larson a little bit. Interestingly enough, he actually kind of sucked up to him a little bit. Um, and other notable in heat three, JJ Yaley went from ninth to third. I was like, J.J. Yaley? Yeah, yeah, Yaley? Come on now. And uh, he started up there. I think he started third uh, in the main event there on Sunday. So that was cool for him. But um, didn't get the best finish, but not bad for him either. So uh, heat four. Uh, Kyle Bush looked pretty quick. Uh, my boy Jonathan Davenport was in heat four. He ended up, I guess he started uh, outside front row, ended up losing a spot or two. And uh, he had a lot of trouble kind of shifting. It felt like right on the, the initial start and the restarts uh, all weekend, he was struggling a little bit. By the end of the race, I felt like he had it down. But there in that heat, he struggled just a little bit on that. Bubba ended up winning heat four. Okay. And uh, that was it. So after that, set the lineup. Kyle Larson was on the pole. He had the most passing points, which I do laugh a little bit. Like, this passing points thing, I, there's not that many late model or modified race these passing points it seems like most of them use like a, a draw and then race your heat or qualify and race your heat system it's uh, passing points is more of like a sprint car thing or midget thing to me i don't really love it but it's whatever so anyways um like i said uh kyle larson uh was on the pole um and austin dillon was second jj yaley was third um uh, which wild Wild deal there, kind of start the race. So, um, I was real curious to see how fast J.J. Yaley would fade. But, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> he ended up not doing too, too bad. So, I'm not going to say too much crap about J.J. Yaley. But, so, Sunday we get to the race. Um, you know, I didn't know what to think. Um, I watched the truck race, too, which I guess I'll briefly go over that at the end of this, after the cup race. But... I kind of knew passing was going to be tough. Uh, I really figured Larson was basically just going to stay at the front all day and kind of run away with it. And, um, you know, um, he probably should have, just being completely honest. So, uh, I kind of, uh, it's it's a strategy thing on why he didn't. So, um, I don't know. But, so, anyways, <clears throat> this deal starts. And uh, Larson went out, led the first 75 laps which was all of stage one and, uh, you know, pretty well dominated. Looked like he was going to be quick after stage one. Most cars pitted. There was a couple stayed out, um, but most cars pitted that kind of shuffled things up. And, uh, you ended up having like Tyler Reddick, Bubba Wallace, and uh, a few of those Toyotas up front there. Um, I feel like 
pretty much most of the Toyotas stayed out other than Christopher Bell was maybe the only one that pitted there at the end of the first stage. And um, I was like, huh, interesting. Um, side note, they, because this is a not live pit stop race, um, they just put all the teams next to each other, which is strange, but it's fine. They're also worried about speeding on pit road, even though it's not a live pit stop race. I just, I, you know, come on, guys. I mean, I, I <laughs> maybe under green. I don't, I don't know. It's weird. But anyway, so doing that. And um, so Larson, like I said, dominated the first stage. Um, there are spins all the time. I'm not going to go through all the cautions today uh, in depth because that's just there's too many of them. Uh, we'll just kind of talk about the stats then. So Larson goes on to do that. Uh, stage two. Uh, Tyler Reddick ends up leading a bunch of laps. Uh, Kyle Busch led like the first eight laps or something like that, or the first six laps that stage maybe. And then um, Tyler Reddick led the rest of them for the second 75. For the last 69 laps, stage two went on to win the stage. Uh, he then pitted. Christopher Bell did not. Christopher Bell stays out. Christopher Bell's in the lead. Christopher Bell goes on to lead 100 laps. Okay. And I've been through the whole race now. Christopher Bell leads 100 laps in the third stage, which is 100 laps long, and wins the race. Okay. Um, and that's that's it for the race. I mean, like I, we're going to talk about the racing kind of in a paragraph format because I'm going to complain a lot. So I'm putting that in. So Bell goes on to win. And, um, you know, he leads all 100 laps the third stage there. Uh, the pit strategy worked out. I told uh, old, uh, old Dan Dan there, ne sitting next to me, I, I was like, shit. Some of these boys are going to stay out right here. I think that they don't, tire isn't a thing, and uh, they, they're going to have enough gas. They're going to stay out. And uh, sure enough, it ended up working out that way. Um, I think Bell was the only Toyota car to do that. Um, notably, Bell's team was the only one from Toyota not on top of their hauler. Like most of the teams, obviously, they didn't really need pit boxes. They had pit, you know, they had their battery-powered pit boxes down there. No air tools or anything like that. And um, Bell's crew, I don't know if his crew chief was calling the race from in the hauler, but I kind of think that's what was going on, which is cool. But notably, it was the only one that did not have their, you know, little stand set up on top of the trailer. So that was kind of strange. thing that I noticed right off the rip and, you know, it worked out. But uh, so they kind of pulled the strategy off and did it right. So. Um, <sighs> congratulations, Christopher Bell. Glad he got the win. Um, my man, Jonathan Davenport, he finished 36th, second to last, after he got in a little bump in with Kyle Larson, broke the upper control arm. Um, other than that, Christopher Bell, Tyler Reddick, Austin Dillon, Ricky Stenhouse, Chase Briscoe, and Justin Haley was the top six, and I'm only calling off the top six. Those are all quote unquote dirt guys. Okay, those guys have all raced dirt kind of coming up. Um, interestingly enough, we haven't always had that at the Bristol Dirt Race. I think that we did this year a little bit because I felt like the track was a little bit smoother and more predictable. I think uh, not having all the races probably helped the track overall, not having like dirt nationals and world outlaws and having the track worked a million times i think that probably worked in their favor had a little bit less rubber in the dirt and um i felt like it that probably helped and i you know it raced a little bit more like a dirt track i felt like the track prep was the best out of the three years i've been three for three and i felt like that was probably the best track prep they'd done so um 
Interestingly enough, those are the guys that finished up there. Okay, so now that we got that done, <sighs> let's go over some stats, okay? Uh, I did want to point out, this race was only 2 hours, 40 minutes, and 40 seconds long. Um, we've had races this year, plenty of races over 3 hours. This one was not, it felt like it sitting there. It felt pretty long um, because of the amount of cautions and then the weird, you know, the the time breaks when they're stopping for their pits and all that and you know, the six minute clocks at the stage breaks or whatever made it a little different, but, uh, it felt kind of long. It was also cold and it was Easter Sunday night and all that. And I had to drive home and I had a good work, uh, today is <laughs> before I recorded this podcast. And, um, you know, it, I don't know. Here's the stats that I wanted to point out. Okay. Um, 14 cautions for 71 laps out of a 250 lap race, 70 one laps of caution and that doesn't even include the fact that during the stage breaks we stop the cars for six minutes okay it's bad um there was a lot of spins um every one of those cautions was a spin and i don't know if you guys listened to uh, denny hamlin's podcast but he already pointed this out if you were there, you would know that there was probably another six to seven spins that should have been cautions that NASCAR didn't call, uh, including two on the the two two laps to go. There was wreck on the back stretch. It should have been a caution and wasn't. And in my opinion, that's actually what led to Ross Chastain getting stopped up there in turn three and having to throw the the yellow and end the race under yellow. So um, the cautions were a bit of a joke. Um, these cars just aren't really built for dirt. It's hard to keep them pointed straight. Um, NASCAR didn't know what they were doing with the cautions. They were throwing them sometimes, not throwing them other times. For me, sitting in the in the stands, I was like, okay, so apparently we're racing for a TV window, and uh, that's all I care about. Because uh, anything at the back with people they didn't like was no caution, and then you know you got people run up front. It was a caution, so it's kind of like I, you know I didn't watch the whole broadcast, so I don't know. But what Denny said was the thing about. Uh, if it was up front and on TV, they called a caution. If it wasn't, they didn't. And I mean, kind of from sitting there, that's kind of what it felt like. All there's all these spins in the back of the pack and all this, and it was kind of dangerous because you had guys really locking it up, and then you had other guys. It's like, well, hell, I can pass five cars right here if I gas it up while they're slowing down. And I don't know. It to me that felt a little rookie league. Um, you know, this is NASCAR Cup Series. I don't, I don't know that. Uh, our cautions should be questionable. We should everybody should know what is a caution and what is not. There there will always be some that are close, but you know, somebody going around and making contact with somebody and then stopping uh, should probably be a caution on a half mile track. Okay, uh, you had guys rolling around the apron at low speeds. That's something NASCAR wouldn't do you had matt crafton stopped on pit road for like two laps they didn't throw a caution they did that what two or three weeks ago uh i think it was even cody where the 51 <laughs> we'll talk about that later um that they did that for and just kind of screwed that race up so i don't really understand uh the caution thing i know that it's not good when you have 14 cautions for 71 laps in a 250 lap race so clearly the Either guys can't drive or the cars aren't made for dirt. That's the, from that number, that stat alone, we can take that, in my opinion, okay? Um, 
Second stat we need to point out. Four lead changes among four drivers. Kyle Larson led from lap 1 to 75. Tyler Reddick from 76 to 134. Kyle Busch from 135 to 140. Tyler Reddick from uh, 141 to 150. Christopher Bell from 151 to 250. Okay. Um, if you guys go look at the numbers that earlier this year, which I could pull them up here. I've got them over here if I wanted to. But I think we're averaging more like, you know, somewhere around 15 lead changes or something like that. Like it's actually pretty good this year. Believe it or not, it's pretty high. Maybe it's not 15. It's it's. I think it's double digits though, and um, four lead change among four drivers uh, on a dirt track. We should should see people coming and going. Means there's not people coming and going. Uh, a couple other things. There was nobody getting lapped. I know that we didn't have the longest of runs, but nobody was getting lapped. Okay, if you go to Bristol on concrete, people get lapped. We we were debating this, but usually it's like 15 laps. You're in lap traffic in the back of the field. Um, BJ McLeod was able to hold the back of the field and make a couple passes from time to time this week. Um, uh, I just, I, <laughs> these cars on dirt are a joke, okay? I love dirt racing. I would rather watch a late model, a modified sprint car. I don't even like sprint cars. I'd rather watch a sprint car, but I think I'm done with NASCAR on dirt in general. And I think I'm definitely done with NASCAR on dirt at Bristol because I would have rather have watched 500 laps on the concrete track. So, um, yeah, I wasn't impressed, guys. I just, I, the racing, there was a, there was a, like, a flash in the pan there where Tyler Reddick and Austin Dillon and Kyle Busch were throwing some pretty mean sliders there for around, like, I don't know, maybe lap 130-ish. And they were pretty mean and pretty fiery. I guess that was when Kyle Busch got the lead. So if you guys want to go watch, find that section of the race. That was around lap like one, yeah, one thirty-five, something like that. And uh, one thirty to one fifty was decent, decent laps. And it just, I don't know, man. You you can't make passes out there, um, because basically everybody's having to run the top or the bottom, depending on where the track was at. Uh, there wasn't any options, and then you're held up by who's in front of you, and then. You know, like you couldn't get a run off if if you couldn't go out to the wall or whatever. If you couldn't run the line you wanted to, you couldn't really run off the corner side by side and get a good strong run uh, into the next corner. So I uh, I'm not impressed. Okay, um, I hate to be that guy on here complaining, but I think this is it for Bristol Dirt. I went to all three of them. I hope this is it for Bristol Dirt. And I uh, hope that uh, next spring it's not on Easter Sunday and I can go back um, for some concrete racing on Bristol in the spring. Uh, Food City 500 sounds great to me. Um, I would much rather watch that than this. Although it, it, we all know it won't be 500, it'll be 400 if they do that. So um, definitely curious to see what happens. Uh, Casper, the host opinion is no more dirt on Bristol. Okay. Um, all right. I'm done with my rant. I'm going to cut it at that because otherwise I'm just going to complain. So I'm going to quit. But uh, I, I think the numbers speak for themselves. The race, the race wasn't that exciting being there to watch it. Um, so back to the whole reason I went to the race. Jonathan Davenport, my personal favorite driver. Okay, uh, He was driving the number 13 Collie car. 
Uh, he started in 21st, finished 36th. He uh, started in 21st, and he ran right around 20, 20 to 24th for most of the race. Um, I put my scanner on 13, car number 13. I left it there the whole race because that was really all I cared about. It's very strange for me to go to a race and only be watching a car that's not in the top 20. Uh, but that's really all I cared about. Um, I was curious to see how that would last once I actually got there, but that was it. Uh, my comments on Jonathan's race. He, um, he right off the rip, obviously he'd only had like 15 to 18 laps, something like that in the cup car. Uh, right off the rip, he just kind of ran around there, rode, and uh, looked good. Um, just kind of riding, not really doing a whole lot, trying not to wreck the car. I thought he did a really good job keeping it clean. Um, for somebody that never done that before, I felt like that was a good deal. Um, there was one point, I don't know, maybe 50-ish laps in the race where he figured something out on the high side. And it was right before everybody else went up to the high side, believe it or not. But he like, he took it up to the high side and passed like three or four cars. Well, then everybody went to the high side and it wasn't any good anymore. But, um... He actually did make, you know, that was kind of his only real big run forward, in my opinion. Um, he looked pretty solid. He he was making a couple passes. He was racing with the guys. Definitely looked competitive, but he wasn't going to, he, did, he didn't have it to go run up through the field, but he hung with them guys. He wasn't going to get lapped or anything like that. So um, I was pretty impressed with it. He also clearly, from my vantage point, um, being a dirt racer knew to back corner entry up <laughs> and get the drive off and he did that very well um however that's kind of where he was getting beat by guys was on corner entry and i think that a lot of that probably has to do with the fact of how big these brakes are in those cars and those guys know what they can and can't do um and they've had a lot of practice figuring out how far they can drive those cars in with those brakes so uh, but there's a lot of times if you go back and you were to put a camera on his car and watch he um he would get, they would suck up on his bumper going into the corner, and then coming off, he would gap them five, six, seven car lengths down the back stretch because he was he was getting that good of a run uh, just from backing up the corner. And um, you know, he had some guys like Corey LaJoy back there acting a fool, uh, Ty Gibbs at one point acting a fool. Um, these guys just you know not really giving a crap about what they're doing. So. Uh, just driving it down in there, running people over. I saw a lot of that throughout the deal. I was thinking, if y'all go to a local dirt track and try this shit, you're going to get punched in the mouth. I don't recommend it. So, um, But overall, Jonathan's day was pretty good, I thought. Um, he missed a couple wrecks there, you know. Uh, and then finally, Larson spun out, and he did not have anywhere to go. You know, there, the one before that I really thought was going to do him in. Uh, for those of you don't know, he also had like his his uh, <laughs> air conditioner fan went out with like a hundred to go, something like that. Like, yeah, was during a stage break, he came back off pit road and was like, "My guys, they're smoking the cars. They're supposed to be smoking the car." And they were like, "I mean, not really, but <laughs> nothing we can do." So it's on fire, and he's like, ah, "I think it'd be all right." And uh, so he drove around there, found out it was the uh, I guess the the AC blower for the helmet or whatever, and not you know the air blower air box and. Um, you know, that went out on him. So he, I was, was kind of thinking he's got kind of fun for this last 100 laps there. We're going to find out how hot it gets in these cars. And, um, you know, he ended up not getting to run all of them. Unfortunately, after he ran into Kyle, he pretty much knew it was killed right off the bat. 
it didn't the damage did not look bad but uh once they got on pit road uh he was correct it was broke he said it was broke on the radio they were trying to get him to run it around hoping it wasn't that bad because it didn't look that bad but uh I broke the upper control arm and he was done for the day hated to see him go out like that glad to see him go to the track hope he gets another opportunity i'd love to see him on like an asphalt track to be honest with you i take him to martinsville let's see what he can do give him a chance i don't know I'd, I'd love to see somebody else older in his, I mean, I'm not calling him old, but older make that transition uh, to be able to run asphalt or run an NASCAR race or whatever. So, um, I, But overall, I really like getting to watch him out there um, in the Cup Series and uh, making all the laps and you know doing a decent job. Um, so I want to say a quick thank you to College Racing. Chris Rice, everybody else at College, uh, Nutrien Ag. Um, that was awesome that, that that's how it worked out. I've got a t-shirt. It's a great t-shirt. Hopefully we can go back and do it again. I, that'd be cool if you could. Even if it's not on dirt, man, give him a shot somewhere else. Hell, I, I think the dude can drive. So um, if you give him time in those cars, he'll figure him out because I really think he is a natural-born driving talent. So, um It'd be cool if he could do it somewhere else, but uh, it probably won't happen. Just being honest, it probably won't. But it'd be cool if it did. So, um, really enjoyed getting to keep up with his race there. Um, and after that, you know, kind of enjoyed the end of it. Like, hey, this is it. NASCAR, Dirt at Bristol. And uh, I really hope that's the end of Dirt at Bristol. Guys, I really hope that's the end. Okay? It's just, it's not, I mean, I don't know. It's not really NASCAR racing. It's kind of gimmicky. I uh, Obviously, I bought tickets to all three of them, so I feel like I have the right to say these things. Um, I would go back for concrete. I don't know that I'd go back for dirt. I just, I, I really don't. Um, so, that's how I feel about it. Um, other than that, truck race. So, let me sum up the truck race real quick for y'all. Uh, Joey Logano took the lead and never looked back. He led 138 laps out of 150 and smoked everybody else's butt. It wasn't even close. There wasn't much really to watch. Uh, Results-wise, my buddy Jonathan Davenport did finish 14th in the truck race. I was super pumped, and honestly, after that, I was like, oh, we're getting a top 10 on Sunday, baby. And um, I'll be honest, I think I really underrated how good our cup drivers are. So, um that wasn't fair of me to do that to them, but uh, they did indeed show why they do this for a living, and they know these cars, and, um, you know. But, hey, if they want to come over to a dirt late model, any of them, they can ask, you know, anybody they need to. They can ask Larson. They can ask Larson. They can ask Kyle Bush. Anybody they want to ask, just tell them to ask because they'll get their ass beat, they, and it, they'll tell them. Oh, JD will get him. It took a lot for Larson to get Davenport. He's beaten him a few times. He ain't. <laughs> he's lost to him a few times too, though. Okay, like then Larson's a good one. You know, the rest of these guys come over there. They're gonna get beat. I mean, you guys, if you watched, you saw it happen to Chase Briscoe, and you saw saw what happened to Kyle Busch. They ran okay. I mean, but like Kyle Busch's performance was comparable to Jonathan Davenport's. So it's Chase Briscoe's in a, in a late model this week. So, um. Like I said, different different disciplines and different different drivers, but um, it was a good time. So, uh, sorry this episode's been a little dud. 
Um, I just wasn't all that excited about the race, guys. I, it was really good to get to go back and hang out with my buddy. Glad we, I, it was. It was cool. The one cool thing about this race being on Sunday night instead of three o'clock in the afternoon, I was able to get up with family, go to church for Easter uh, on Sunday, and um, see them. And just glad to be able to do that before I went to the race and get both of those in. I was glad for that. Thankful I lived close enough to do that. So, um, hope you guys all had a great weekend. Hope you enjoyed the race. I do plan to do a preview episode this week. Last week, things got a little hectic on me. We didn't get it done. Obviously, this podcast is a little late coming out, and I'm a little bit dud. But, guys, I went to that race. We got back about 1231. Uh, I got back to work at 530 this morning. And I'm recording this podcast for y'all tonight so that you can have it on Tuesday. And it'll be done. I'll be in bed tonight probably about 10.30 or 11. So um, thank you guys for listening to the show. I appreciate it. We will be back. Um, for those of you on Tuesday, be sure to tune in to XR to watch the uh, Working Man Late Model Series up at uh, Bulls Gap on Tuesday night. And then uh, obviously they're racing up there Friday and Saturday as well. Hoping to go at least Saturday. I don't know about Friday right now. I'm, I really don't know about Saturday, but I'm hoping to go Friday and Saturday, or at least Friday or Saturday or, or something up there. But um, if not, it'll be all right, and we'll watch it, and we'll let you guys know. Thank you all for listening to the show. I really appreciate your time. Have a great week. We'll be back next week uh, for Martinsville. That's going to be, you know, hey, listen. Martinsville... <sighs> Martinsville is going to be a better race than this was. I promise y'all that. Um, shifting or not. So it can't be any worse than this one in my opinion. So um, looking forward to that. Hope you guys have a good week. We will see you then. Cash for the host out. Just as a reminder, please give the show five stars. Give it a review wherever you're listening at. Uh, we are now found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, as well as Spotify. Um, if you can, please leave us any comments, reviews that you can. Uh, get in touch with us at our social. That'll be on Twitter, at C Contemplations. That'll be on Facebook, at Content Flag Contemplations Podcast. On TikTok, at Casper943. Please give us a follow. Please give us a shout. If you guys have any comments, questions, concerns about the show, that's where you can reach me. Thanks.